We've got our biggest takes of the week here on today's episode, including why the New Orleans Saints offense has everything it needs to be just fine. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on this in case you missed it episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day to all you everydayers out there. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, as well as take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access, inside information, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays on Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday unlocked on saints and today's in case you missed it episode of the show is brought to you by friends at game time download the game time app create an account use promo code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off of your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed so we're trying something a little new here on today's episode i really want to know how you feel about it so let me know because i can do this every saturday basically i'm going to roll through the biggest five takes of the week from the like nine or ten episodes how many however many episodes we did this week um, from the week to make sure you don't really miss anything in terms of the big narrative. So we're going to be taking a look at how Jameis Winston, safe and sound, shouldn't be going anywhere despite the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Trevor Pinning, just leave him alone. Everything should be fine there. And then improving the offense as well as two other big storylines from this week. And I'll tell you which episode to go back to if you want to hear more analysis, things like that. But this is really just about kind of recapping the week and giving you everything that you missed from the week without it being like a best of cut up kind of a situation. So let me know if you like it. And if so, we can keep it going. Otherwise, I'll see you later today anyway, live here on the Locked on Saints podcast uh, on the YouTube page and afterwards everywhere else, of course, after today's practice. So let's start everything off with the offense, because I know that the offense was kind of the biggest sticking point, if you will, from Sunday's game, only scoring 16 points in a game where you had three takeaways and a I'm going to use air quotes here when I say blocked punt because that blocked punt doesn't technically count as a blocked punt because the NFL is dumb and because the ball actually went to the line of scrimmage and went forward. It's not considered a blocked punt. It's just considered like a one yard punt or something like that. It's dumb. It was a blocked punt. But anyway, despite all of that, Saints walked away with one touchdown, should have been two, walked away with one touchdown and then, you know, a few field goals. So the, the big thing was, can the New Orleans Saints offense improve going into 2023? And I want to tell you why I think that the offense will continue to take steps forward, although it might be four or five games into the season before you really go, ah, there it is. Um, And I think that there's a couple of things that I want to highlight here. And the first of which is that like all the pieces are there, including the scheme to create both before and after the catch in the passing game. This was big for me to see from Pete Carmichael and the New Orleans Saints offensive coaching staff, right? Developing that system and the play calling. And we'll get to play calling here in a moment. But what I really loved in this game was that you saw the opportunities for Chris Olave being developed all over the place, right? Uh, running routes from outside, running routes from inside, running routes from out of the backfield, snapping while he's in motion behind the line of scrimmage, Rashid Shahid getting 
you know, uh, uh, screen pass, jet sweeps, as well as being used in both the short inter- and intermediate areas, as well as the deep ball, right? The big 40 plus yard pass on the third and sixth, third and seven to help effectively help seal the game. All of those things show you that this Saints scheme has all of its bells and whistles back, as opposed to it being kind of a one note offense, which it had to be most of last year with Andy Dalton under center and all these other things. And the creativity is back. And I think that those two things are kind of good enough foundational building blocks, along with a quarterback that can execute, right, in Derek Carr. Not that the guys before him couldn't execute, but they they have all these foundational building blocks and a quarterback that can execute. And all of those things end up being the, 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 the sort of foundation upon which you can build the offense. So the foundational pieces are there, which is really, really important. The other thing for me is that play calling wasn't an issue. I think play calling has kind of become one of those things that gets a lot of flack uh, when it comes to like people analyzing the game of football and things like that, because it's a smart thing to analyze, right? Oh, well, what about the play calling? It's not really about the, the players on the field, but what are the coaches doing? What's the scheme? All of those stuff. But you have to really know the play calling before you can really criticize the play calling. And it's hard to know the play calling because this is a New Orleans Saints team that's more than likely on multiple occasions throughout the game, calling multiple plays in the huddle. And then the quarterback is making that decision at the line of scrimmage. So execution still has to be a huge part of what it is that makes an offense successful or unsuccessful. But play calling for me was not an issue in this game. We saw several moments, including the things that we just talked about in terms of scheming up the offense, three screen passes where the Saints only threw like 30 of them things in 17 games last year. Uh, we saw, you know, several plays to where there were routes open downfield that Derek Carr didn't get the opportunity to go to or chose not to go to, whatever those things might be. There are those pieces here to where I don't really look at the play calling and say, oh, well, they didn't have these players on the field at the time when these players should have been on the field like we saw last year. We saw the screen passes back. We saw the motion up 10% in this week one game versus what they did over the course of the 17 game per game basis last season. We saw the snaps with Chris Olave out of the backfield, the yards after catch, the schemes that opened up green grass in front of the receivers after the catch, all of those things. Um, And in in addition to that, you also saw this team get rid of some of its kind of ugly tendencies that we've seen over the course of the past few years. The Saints had a third and 11 that they converted by, yes, throwing the ball beyond the sticks. What an idea. Uh, screen passes, all those pieces were back. I know I've mentioned that like five times already, but that's a big piece of it. And then the other thing was just like you throwing an incomplete pass on first down and running on second down was like not a habit during this game. So I do think there are those pieces here to where you look at the play calling and you, I, I don't find a way to criticize the play calling. And that's a good thing. Because usually when I'm watching a game, I'm always watching for, oh, here are the things that they're doing well, but here's what they can be doing better. So I'm watching with the critical eye. I'm looking for a reason to say that the play calling was bad. Can't find one. Um, and I, I want to mention here that like it's Pete Carmichael as well as the rest of the offensive staff. Like I highlighted the rest of the offensive staff. We spoke with Pete Carmichael on Friday yesterday, and he mentioned that Ronald Curry was a big part of identifying the right time to kind of deploy that double move for Rashid Shahid on the right sideline, which led to the game's only touchdown. Not that Ronald Curry called the play, not that Pete Carmichael wouldn't have called the play without Ronald Curry, but Ronald Curry was basically able to say as the passing game coordinator, which is part of his responsibility, let's not overinflate this, but was able to say, hey, this is probably a good time for that route that they like. Those types of things are huge. And, and you saw sort of that symbiotic nature of Derek Carr saying he wanted the go route. Pete Carmichael trusting that, calling the go route. Dennis Allen trusting that, letting it happen. Um, Ronald Curry saying, hey, here's a good time for this double move. Pete Carmichael trusting that, calling that, no one getting in the way of that. 
open channels of communication, those are all good, good things. Um, perimeter blocking, blocking on the offensive line, a lot of that stuff came down to technique as opposed to just, you know, oh, these players aren't good at blocking <laughs> and things like that. And I think that that's a, a pretty quick delineation that has to be had. And, and I think that's where I want to go next in terms of our second biggest thing. So this was from the, the Monday episode, the post-game episode, as well as the Monday episode, if you want to go back, hear more about where the offense can make its improvements. Now I want to jump to the offensive line, and in particular, Trevor Pinning. And, and I implore you, I implore you, I implore you, I implore you, like you know that one gentleman did years ago about Britney Spears, leave Trevor Pinning alone. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by friends at Game Time. You got your tickets yet for the New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers? Those of you that are in the Charlotte area or maybe are traveling to the Charlotte area? No? That's okay. You can still get them. Heck, you can get them Monday if you want to. You ain't even got to get them right now. You can go and get them later. But I would say go ahead and download the Game Time app so that you're ready to go and get those tickets because they've got deals all the way down to the day of your favorite event, whether that's a sports event, concert, music, uh, uh, theater, comedy, whatever it is that you're looking for. They got you all covered over at the Game Time app. And my favorite part is that you can actually like when you're picking where you're going to sit, they'll show you a view of the venue from where you're sitting so that there's no surprises when you show up and it takes like two clicks of a button and then all of a sudden you've got your tickets. It's awesome. So make sure you go and check them out today. Get your tickets without all the stress by using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, create an account, redeem promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, family, continuing on with this In Case You Missed It episode of Locked on Saints. Here we're going to be taking a look at why we need to just let Trevor Penning be Trevor Penning for a moment. But also we're going to take a look or and also we're going to take a look at uh, why the New Orleans Saints have shown that they have one of the best defenses in the NFL already. Appreciate all you everydayers out there joining us for another episode here on Locked on Saints. Here, in Case You Missed It episode, giving you the five biggest takes from the week. And I'll let you know where you can go back if you want to go back and check any of those episodes out to get more of that analysis. So this one goes back to our Monday episode as well. Um, look, there's no reason to do anything with Trevor Penning right now other than give him more game reps and give him more experience. Like that's just the bottom line. Like that's really it. That's really as far as this conversation needs to go. But please allow me to address some of the um, dissenting opinions. And it's good to have opinions. It's good to have dissenting opinions because it drives conversation. And then we can have conversation that includes content, context, and things like that. And then people are able to make their decisions based upon that content and context. So it's a good thing to have. So let me introduce dissenting opinions here. Um, I've seen folks that say, move Trevor Penning the guard. I've seen folks that said simply, bench him, he's not ready. Uh, and I've seen folks say that he's not athletic enough to play tackle. And there are a lot of things that are smart sounding about those three statements. And there are a lot of things that are critical, like critical, like being like being critical, right? In terms of breaking things down, looking at it, um, that that are are critical about those statements in a way that I understand and in a way that I have a respect for in terms of delivery and and, and people doing the research and, and and the things necessary to do that. But for the most part, I don't agree with any of these three statements. And let me tell you why. Um, Moving to guard is one of the most interesting things to me because it feels like one of those things kind of like play calling to where it becomes the smart thing to say, right? Oh, well, the tackle doesn't work uh, immediately. And this is an instant gratification sort of like, you know, space and time. So move him to guard. He'll be great at guard. And there's literally like no evidence that he'll be great at guard, which is the thing that always kind of like that that's always 
kind of baffling to me about that suggestion around Trevor Penning. Take Trevor Penning and force him to play a position that he has never played. Um, and if he's got some growing pains there, just be patient with him because he'll be better as a guard. Okay, well, if you're okay with the growing pains and if you're okay with taking time with him playing guard, then be okay with the growing pains and be okay with the fact that he's playing tackle and that he needs the game reps and the game experience in order to be there. Like after a certain point, you just have to let a guy play, right? Like we've talked about this with injuries before. It's where you, know, you can go through the whole rehab process and all that. But after a certain point, the only thing you could do is play and see how you're feeling. Trevor Penning, the only thing that you can do with him right now is let him go out there and gain the experience, gain the game reps and everything. And so I think that that's like the, the whole idea of moving him to guard is wild to me because it's like, okay, so you're okay with him struggling, just not him struggling at the position that the Saints want him to, are, are okay with him struggling at. You want him to struggle at the position that you want him to struggle at. Everyone's very confident within the organization that Trevor Penning is going to be fine at left tackle. And they all agree that the only thing that he can do is go out there and struggle for a little bit and then get right. And you have to let him get right. Um, benching him again, like he's got to be out on the field. He's got to be able to get the experience. Benching him does not allow him to do that. It's a shot to the confidence, all those other things. You can't expect him to continue to develop and practice without live shots and live reps. Like he is coming from the University of Northern Iowa, coming up to the NFL. He's not going to gain the speed of the NFL without experiencing the speed of the NFL. And then that brings me back to the he's not athletic enough, which is just false. It, it, it's simply false. Like, you can look at his testing numbers versus Teron, Math or Teron Matthew, uh, Teron Armstead's testing numbers, and they are both wildly athletic players. And it's not to compare the two, but Teron Armstead struggled early in his career as well. What did the Saints do? They were patient with him, and then they allowed everything to do. Because what was he doing? He was making the leap from UAPB. He was making the leap from you know that division up to the NFL. And what's the only way for you to gain the speed of the NFL? Experience. It should be the same thing when it comes to Trevor Penning. So leave, leave Trevor Penning alone. Um, all right. So, and, and look, what I would say right now is leave Trevor Penning alone for now. If you get eight games in the season and you're seeing the same stuff and the same mistakes and things have gone from being like technique based to just being like knuckleheaded and stuff like that. Like if that kind of stuff starts to happen, then we could have a different conversation here for sure. Like we would hundred percent have a different conversation in that situation, but while it's technique, let him go out there and get the technique right. Uh, you can find more of that from the Monday episode. This one, we're going back to Sunday and Wednesday's episodes of the show. Uh, the New Orleans Saints defense made its claim as one of the best defenses in the league. Yes, I know that the run defense wasn't what the run defense, which maybe people want the run defense to be, but I cannot stress this enough, that taking the Saints number 24 de run defense in 2022 and turning it into a top 10 running rush defense is not necessary. It's great if it happens, of course, but it's not a necessary thing. Like if you take that and turn it into a top 20 run defense, you're a top offense, you're a top defense in the NFL as a whole, as long as you remain strong against the pass. And we certainly saw that, right? They allowed the second lowest completion percentage. They allowed one of the lowest passer ratings in the NFL. They allowed one of the lowest yards per attempt uh, uh, points in the NFL. Uh, the, the Saints have now gone nine straight games without allowing 20 or, or without allowing more than 20 points. They've either allowed 20 or fewer points. And so now you just want to see the offense score more than 20 points in each of these games so that they can start winning all of those. Um, but this defense is absolutely outstanding. And Demario Davis is still remarkable. And Cam Jordan is still productive. And Brian Brzee showed you a lot of what he can do, not only as somebody that can you know hit points on a stat sheet, but also open up opportunities for other people to hit points on a stat sheet. I can't get over the Paulson Adebo interception. I just simply can't. Like, I can't get it out of my head. Um, Brian Brzee crashing the left side of that offensive line. Demario Davis 
uh, running that stunt inside, that twist inside, getting right in the face of Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill trying to get the ball out quickly and throwing the ball basically directly to Paulson Adebo when there's literally a wide receiver on the left side of the field, the opposite side of the field about to run wide open. But because of the pressure, because of Brian Brzee starting all of it, like as a rookie taking three offensive linemen out of the play, two offensive linemen out of the play, that, you throw an interception and said like that is the way that it works. Your your first level wreaks havoc. Your second level takes advantage of that, and then your third level gets the takeaway. Like that's a beautiful play right there. Like that's as pretty as when a a double reverse works, you know, on the offensive side or or, or whatever. Like this New Orleans Saints defense showed that it can be dominant here in 2023. And really, all it has to do is be dominant against the pass and then be good against the run. It's got to be top half against the run, maybe, right? And then they'll be great. So I really, really like what this New Orleans Saints defense has done so far. I'm curious to see what the run defense looks like when it's not Derrick Henry, but it's still a good rushing attack. We'll see Monday night, right? Miles Sanders, Shuba Hubbard, these are really good and talented rushers. And before you like, you know, scoff or, or maybe shake a stick at that or whatever, shake a stick at it. I don't know. Um, you 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 have to remember that they just rushed for 150 yards against Ryan Nielsen's defense, the guy that renovated or rejuvenated run defense here in New Orleans, right? In 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, a top three, top five rush defense each of those games or each of those years when Ryan Nielsen was here in New Orleans as a defensive line coach. So uh, I think that you're about to get a pretty good look here against Carolina in terms of where this team can go. But as long as they remain stout against the pass, yeah, yeah, that, that defense is going to be cooking. All right, coming up next, Jameis Winston safe and sound. I know Aaron Rodgers is out for the year with the Achilles tear, but they're gonna, they're gonna, they've they've got their quarterback, and and Jameis Winston is 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 not going anywhere at least for now. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Therapy Online is the most convenient way to take care of yourself. Right, you go to the gym. You go to the doctor, you do all these other things, but you got to focus on the mentals too. So you want to make sure that you're doing good. You want to check out therapy. You want to try it out. This is the way to do it right here at BetterHelp. You don't have to deal with traffic. You don't have to sit in awkward waiting rooms. You don't have to do anything face-to-face if you don't even want to. Like you can do video chat and everything here on BetterHelp, but you could also just do a phone call if you don't want to show your face. You don't want to do that. Well, you can just type and text back and forth and stuff like that. Like it's really, really cool. Like it's really about like your therapy and the help that you're looking for. And that's why I think BetterHelp is a better alternative than traditional therapy. It's also more affordable, uh, takes up less time. You can do it from the comfort of your own home, all those other things. So get a break from all of your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on. Today, you're going to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on for 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at Prize picks, prize picks. Look, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a fantasy redraft dynasty guy anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do. I ain't got no time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. With the trades, the bad trades from bad players in the leagues, and then you know I forget to set this lineup or I do set the lineup, but I forget to click save. Hello, like hello at me. I, I, I ain't got a time for that no more. So what I love is prize picks. All I got to do is pick a player versus his projection or their projection. And I get to use my sports knowledge to win up to 25 times my initial entry. Allows me to turn $10 into $250 in like a minute or two. Takes no time at all. All you got to do is pick two to five players, two to six players, choose whether they're going to come in at more or less than their projection. You get those right, bam, you win. Yeah, it's that simple. So go and check it out today. It is 
prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase for that first deposit match up to $100 at prize picks today. Let's get it. Who that nation wrapping up this in case you missed it episode, bringing you back through some of my biggest takes of this week, we've revisited Monday, we've revisited some of Sunday, some of Wednesday. Let's go back to Tuesday of this week, my episode around Jameis Winston and why he will not be traded to the Jets. Um, this was a big time narrative that hit the airwaves immediately when Aaron Rodgers went down with that injury. And by the way, just what an unfortunate situation, right? Like all of that offseason, building an identity around like who the New York Jets were going to be based on the guy that they were able to go out and get, this huge pursuit took like, it, it went outside the realms of sports in terms of like the, the narrative and the storylines and all this other stuff. You get four plays with the guy, 75 seconds worth of game time. That stinks. It stinks for Aaron Rodgers. It stinks for the New York Jets. Um but it doesn't mean that the New, York, New Orleans Saints are now all of a sudden calling up the New York Jets and saying, hey, y'all want a quarterback? Like, they've got their quarterback. Like, it's, it's all good, right? Like, they have their guy in Zach Wilson. And not only do they have Zach Wilson, who they have shown maybe, maybe unwarrantedly that they were going to invest in off of like one throw on a pro day versus air and all these other things. Like, I agree with all that criticism. However, now he's had an offseason with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Jets are going to be totally fine rolling with with Zach Wilson. Now, if something happens to Zach Wilson, then maybe things change, right? And I, what I mean by that is that like if Zach Wilson stinks it up or if Zach Wilson's not the guy and they get closer and closer and closer, but they're still finding a way to win games because they're defense, but they feel like the quarterback's kind of holding them back from what they can be, like this would all have to go extremely south for um for for the New York Jets. But I guess in that case, maybe then they kind of do some of the phone calls and stuff like that. I don't even think necessarily that the Saints are the reason that Jameis Winston is safe in New Orleans. I do think that they are uh, and that they have a vested interest in keeping here in New Orleans. I'll explain why here in just a second. But I also think that like for the New York Jets, like I, like you, you just went through all of this, all of this stuff over the course of the offseason to trade and, and send assets to get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, you know, doesn't get the opportunity to really suit up for you. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers has at least the motivation to be back next year. He didn't play 65% of his snaps, which means that the second round pick that they sent that was conditional would have turned into a first round pick had he played 65% of snaps. They get to keep, the New York Jets get to keep their first round pick. They just send the second round pick. They've got a first round pick next year to use to add another weapon around a returning Aaron Rodgers, potentially. Why send out more draft capital, right? Like keep the draft capital that you have, build up that team. You're in a tough division for this year, but what will it look like next year? Nobody knows. So there's a lot there in terms of all that. But I also think that from the New New Orleans Saints perspective, like, You've got a guy in Jameis Winston who knows your scheme and not only knows your scheme, but has one in your scheme, has one in your system. Um, and you don't just send him away? No, I don't think so. I mean, especially with like Jake Hayner's on, on his suspension right now. He's offered, he's got, he's got another like five games a time he's got to serve and then all, then he'll be back. But then, you know, before that, you're still wanting to prep yourself just in case you need, like you never know and all that. Like the Saints don't need the emergency third quarterback because Taysom's kind of already the emergency third quarterback. So there's no rush there. Like, there's just a lot in terms of, like, why you don't really want to send a Jameis Winston away, and it makes perfect sense to me. So I think the combination of those things, like New Orleans wanting to safeguard itself, wanting to have a solid backup quarterback that knows the system, can have that conversation with Derek Carr on the sideline, can step in should he need to, all of those things. But then also, like, the New York Jets want to reinvest in their guy. Go reinvest in your guy. Like, like do what you got to do, man. Like, uh, I just don't see 
Jameis Winston heading anywhere else. If you want to see more on that, that was on Tuesday's episode. So the Jameis Winston thumbnail, very easy to find. And then finally, we're going to go back to uh, just yesterday's episode here, uh, our Friday episode. Uh, the Saints have everything that they need to win this weekend. They really do. As long as they get out of their own way, as long as they stay out of their own way. And so I'm talking about the things that we saw last year, not the things that we saw this past week, but the things that we saw last year, right? Like the Saints can't turn the ball over. The Saints can't, you know, um, continuously shoot themselves in the foot with penalties, right? The, the, the Olivia Rodrigo of it all of one step forward and three steps back. Like you have to, you got to get over all that stuff. And I think that they made some strides to that week one, the penalties were still there for them. Um, some, some, you know, not so great rush run, you know, a, a not so great run game cost them some, some rushing yards or, or, or some yards every now and then kind of got them playing behind schedule every now and then. And so, you know, you want to see these things get out of their own way, but in terms of like what they have available to them, their scheme versus the Carolina Panthers scheme matches up extremely well, particularly offense versus their defense uh, versus the Carolina Panthers defense. And so I just look at New Orleans as having like everything that they need to be able to win this game on uh, Monday night. And, um, and, and it would be a big, I mean, look, it's, it's, a, it would be a good win for new Orleans. It's not a statement win. It's, it, you know, it's against the Carolina Panthers who have a rookie quarterback and a new head coach, but a very good head coach in Frank Reich and all this stuff that the NFL and the Colts kind of did real dirty, but that's for another podcast probably. Um, and so I, I just look at where like new Orleans is and like getting a division win this early, like, yeah, that's great. And then you know, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but if the Saints win and go 2-0, and they become a part of that class since like 2000, since the year 2000, uh, that is, what is it, 63.2% of teams or so, 63.8, something like that, 63 plus percent of teams that go 2-0 and to open the season, make the playoffs. Like, yeah, you want to be on the right side of that percentage. Does it guarantee that you're going to make the playoffs? Absolutely not. But you want to be on the right side of that percentage? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, might as well. Dang. Like, if you told me I had 63% opportunity to do something good, let me be on a 63% opportunity to do something good, like do something right. And so I think the Saints do have what they need to be able to win this game against the, the Carolina Panthers. People have gotten mad at me because I've been saying it should be an easy win. Doesn't mean that it will be an easy win. Doesn't mean the Saints are going to win. But my projection, my um, prediction, if you will, for this game is that the Saints win 23-16. I think they go a 10th game, allowing less than 20 points. That the offense finally scores more than 20 points. And that's a good step forward. I think there's going to be turnovers. I don't think the Saints are going to play a perfect game. I don't think the Saints are going to have a blowout win. You don't usually have blowout wins against the division opponents <laughs> most of the time. Um, you know what I'm thinking about. And so like there are those times where those things can happen. But I, I think that this is a, a one score victory in a good way that's comfortable and, and, and does a lot of solid good for the New Orleans Saints. And if that doesn't happen, it's because the Saints beat themselves. And if the Saints beat themselves, again, we're having a whole new tone to this show starting next week. You can find more on that in tomorrow's episode or yesterday's episode. Uh, later on today, though, we'll be back for all you everydayers that keep coming back for these shows. I know we're doing so many shows, and I love, I love how many people have been tuning in and been checking it out, and all the feedback and all the love and everything like that. Like, I, I can't think enough. It's been a lot of fun. So, um, go and check it out. Uh, we'll be live on the Locked On Saints YouTube page later on, probably around six PM Central Time or so after practice and locker room and all that stuff. Uh, and then, um, and then I'll be quiet until Monday. <laughs> until Monday morning, we'll have a fresh episode for you. But I appreciate you as always, y'all. Making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day, making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me on the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And don't forget to let me know how you like this episode, right? The In Case You Missed It episodes. And trust who that nation. I'll holla at you.